That's right, everybody. It is Thursday, and that means it's Brooklyn Paper Radio Live from downtown Brooklyn, America's downtown, with your co-host, a topless Gersh Kunstman of the New York Daily News, that's me, and a shirt-wearing, handsome man, Vince DiMaselli of the Brooklyn Paper. Ask me why I'm shirtless. Gersh, why are you shirtless? Two reasons. Two reasons only. Right now, we are joined by James Hook. Who, every Tuesday in July at Pete's Candy Store on Lorimer Street in Williamsburg, will be ironing your clothing while you drink. The Brooklyn Paper covered this guy, and I said, we got to get him on the show because I've got a linen shirt that I want to wear tonight to the Paul Simon concert. Ryman Simon. And I want to look my best. Let's get James Hook in here. And right now, he's ironing my linen shirt. How are you doing right now on that, so, James? This is a pretty straightforward shirt. You know, it's a pretty nice weave, so it doesn't need a whole lot. But uh, you definitely got a lot of wrinkles in it. I, I sense a pretty active lifestyle here. Well, it was linen, shirt. and linen is supposed to wrinkle gracefully. Am I right? You're right. In fact, a lot of people think that linen should be worn wrinkled. I believe that you should wear it into the wrinkle, not put it on wrinkled. But, well, that's, that's why you're here. So he's take, I literally took that shirt out of my butthole. At least that's what it looked like, James. Am it's I right? No, Had yeah. you ever seen a more wrinkled shirt? No, it's got a sort of nice, uh, you know, cherry brown color to it, too, which kind of helps the illusion. But, uh, no, it's a, it's a very wrinkled linen shirt, um, and it's a real nice thing to warm up on here today. This residency I'm doing is going to be all of uh, four weeks here at Peach Candy Store, and I'm hoping that I can improve my skills a little bit. There's while no question I'm, about that. I mean, Vince it. has brought in a stack of laundry, but more important, Vince, yes. while James is ironing my shirt... We have another very special guest, and I want you to mention who it's going to be in about 10 minutes. Why don't you mention? In about 10 minutes? No, why don't you mention oh, it Oh, I now? thought you wanted me to mention it in about 10 minutes, but you want me to say it right now. Right now. Right now, today on the show, will be the one and only Andrew Dice Clay. He'll be joining us at about 5 o'clock via phone from Las Vegas. Now, now who is that? Because you have an experience. You went way back with him. Oh, Dice and I go back many years. I interviewed him a number of times over the years because we have a very strong connection to him. As you know, Andrew Dice Clay is a comedian. From Brooklyn. Sometimes his show is a tinge off color, a little bit, but he's been made. He was made famous by the Brooklyn paper, which, how, how which is that discovered possible? him. Laurie Sue Brockaway discovered him at Pips, I believe, Pips and yeah, she called him a Travolta lookalike back in 1979. So the first and he article, got the, he got the original wow. Brooklyn paper bounce. We did that story in '79, and by 1989, the guy was a superstar. So, so just forgive me, Vince. But that was the first major article on Andrew Dice Clay in the Brooklyn paper. That's, that's stunning to me that you made this guy's career. And, and by the way, if you're thinking there's technical difficulties, there isn't. That's James Hook ironing my linen shirts while we talk about Andrew Dice Clay. I'm that's flying through this. You I really are. No, don't, then don't rush there because I'm going to be critical. I, I ask the tough questions, I'm, James. There's, there's no way you're gonna, I'm going to leave you with something that you're going to be wanting more. Now, about. how long does it take you to iron a shirt on average? And does it does it depend on things like material and stuff like that? No, a good Oxford shirt is a five minute job, you know. And five minutes. A five minute job if you got it. And uh, the only thing that really affects the timing, I would say, is your your um, the level of intensity you bring to it, the level of focus you bring. Uh, now, what what do, what do you look for in an ironer? That was yeah. an ironer or an iron. No, in an ironer. We'll get to irons in a second. Oh, yeah, we iron. need to talk about that. An ironer. You, you're looking for somebody who has a sort of a, a Japanese tea ceremony approach to mundane and horribly uh, dull tasks. Somebody who actually can enjoy doing things that most of us really hate doing and learn to love it. I mean, I always say there's no way that you're going to learn to love ironing unless you just accept it for what it is and uh, learn to love it more. You can't, you can't avoid this task in your life. You just have to... No, I can't. Interesting story. My grandfather, on his deathbed, on his deathbed at Victory Memorial Hospital, it's, it's since closed. It's since closed. It's since they, they killed him. Well, a little back to well, the, the motto of Victory Memorial is your grandparents died here too. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, no, it's true. So he's on his deathbed, and I think he's going to, like, tell me something, like, really important. Vince! He's like, hey, uh, yeah, I got this job once, uh, and uh, they, they had the machine, and you had to put the shirt on the machine, and it, uh, it pressed the shirt, and uh, I pressed the shirt. And, and that they, was it. And they died! Right there. He was about to tell you the secret... I don't the know what the secret designing was. Designing a whole new machine. I don't know what the secret I was. I thought you were going to tell me that he, he said, son, I want you to iron my shirt so I can be, go to the grave in it, please. No, he didn't do that either. Now, James, I have a question. You're, he asked me for another cigarette. If you follow me on Instagram, you know that every time I, I'm home ironing, I always take a picture of me ironing at, with the hashtag live in the dream. I don't like ironing. I'm not good at it. Give me the three tips, other than the Zen approach, but actual practical tips for being a better ironer. Okay, first tip, most important, progressive rock in your earphones. 
Progressive rock, prog yeah, rock. Classic gong, Mike Oldfield, classic 70s. Prog era, rock. You know, prog, yeah, prog rock. rock. Early, yes. yes. Early King Crimson, that kind of thing. That's yes. going to go a long way. Now, if, you, if you're not Ooh. a fan of King, King Crimson. Crimson, if you're not a fan of progressive rock, I'd recommend uh, you know another classic 70s voice, Alan Watts, or some kind of a philosophical overtone. So you okay. want you want to put something in your ears that is uh, that you're able to listen to while you're ironing, because God knows this is dull. Um, the second thing that I think is really going to help you is make sure that you don't uh, invest too much money in a good iron. I think a good ah. iron, I, I, you know, ironing's uh, an iron's like a baseball bat. It's you, you know, it's not a very uh, well, dynamic that's, instrument. That's a ten dollar iron. I got that on eBay. So what do you think? This is a fine iron. You don't need much to uh, to to be able to learn to do great iron. You need a hot flat surface. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you look at these. You know, you look at the classic uh, Western movie and look at what the Chinese people on the frontier are iron with. It's a slab of iron that they put in a. In a it's literally, literally iron. Literally iron. a slab of iron. And then okay. you look at you know you look at how those those cowboys look uh, when they have a freshly ironed shirt. All right, number three. What was number three? And number three is I think you uh you have to make sure that you're ironing decent quality linen. Decent oh, quality so now material. you're asking me uh, to we're getting buy back to the, the, better clothes. The quality. Exactly. If you're going to iron, you know, everyone's going to get frustrated by a polyester shirt. There's really? no way. You know, there's nowhere to iron that and make it look beautiful. You can do a slap. It's lipstick on a pig. Really. Lipstick on a pig. So hmm. basically, that's the Gersh Kuntzman story. Lipstick on a pig. Exactly. And I'm not the lipstick. I'm the pig. You are the pig. Yes. Well, how do I, Vince? You're sitting next to me. I got no shirt on. What? What's your reaction? What, you what are you feeling be, right now? I think you'd need to wear a bro. A bro, oh, a bro. or, or possibly my, a man's ear. What if I lift my hands over my head That's seductively? A little, it's a little better. Yeah, it's right, baby. It's a little better. Anyway, yep. I am topless. Vince is not. We do got you th- wash the hair on your chest? Do you shampoo it, or do you just let it? You just I'll, use regular like ivory I'll, soap. I'll tell you All what. All three I, of them. I'll t- no, I got, if you notice, I have a rash. I I shampoo this with a special dandruff shampoo, even though it's chest hair. Really? Yeah. Hmm. J- Jimmy, this is the first on radio. Can we get pictures of my chest yeah, hair? Yeah, zoom in on that, Jimmy. But now, just so you know, I'm topless. Vince has got a shirt. James Hooks, James Hook, one hook, please. Yeah, one James one. Hook, James Hook. <laughs> just a James yeah, I'm ironing your shirt. And He's fact, ironing. And we I, got Andrew Dice Clay coming on in a couple of minutes. And I am very close, uh, uh, Gersh, to one of the great experiences of life. I'm going to hand you a hot and freshly ironed shirt. Let's see. We're going to put it on your body. We're going to do it. Still Jimmy, Jimmy can you get this? Give me about 10 seconds oh, 10 to seconds. just heat up, the, heat up the back What's here. Your favorite part? What's your favorite part of ironing the shirt? Is it like for me, it's the collar? No, for me, it's the epaulettes. Oh. I don't even know what that means. It's fairly warm. Let's right, put that on. Vince, you narrate. Narrate, Vince. No, I'm, handing the, I'm handing the shirt to Gersh. All right, it's it is, color. It no, no, you did a bad job on the collar. I didn't do the collar. Do the collar. Oh, wait, we got to hand it back. I'm going to the Paul Simon concert with my girlfriend. Your collar has to look good, Gersh. I forgot to do the collar. Because I'm accustomed to a smooth ride. Maybe I'm a dog who's lost his bite, but I don't expect you not to do my collar. By the way, some of the things you can learn about people when you iron their clothes. Mm. Gersh is a Banana Republic M15, 15 and a half around the neck. That's a pretty thin neck. It's a li- this shirt's Just, a little small. Yeah. It's a little small. Turn I have like a 17 inch neck. He's done. He's got the collar. Yeah. Right. Vince, so can we're you narrate this? Jimmy, can you get this live? All right, I'm handing it over to oh, Gersh nice now. It does feel warm. It was warm, warm to oh, the like, touch. Look at the crease on the arm. Oh, yeah. Smooth, right. nice Nicely crease. done. Nice. Hold on. It's nice and warm. But don't go to your neck shirt yet. Bask in it for a second. Ooh. How's it feel around the neck there? It's beautiful, right? Problem is all inside your head, she said to me. Answer is easy when you iron my linen free. There you go. I'm looking a lot like I should Be. sing with a victory. There you go. This is great. This is great. You really made me look like a million bucks. Yes, I did. Paul I Simon so is going to look out into the audience and going to say... Oh, what a handsome devil! That's me and Gershie down by the schoolyard. There's going to be a sea of uh, a sea of rumpled clothes, and one man will stand out. Oh man! Now I listen, we got we have five minutes before we're going to hear from Dice. We are going to have to pay some bills, but I just want to ask you quickly because there's a lot of lot of questions I have about ironing, and I want to throw one out there at you yeah. right now. Now we have some water in that iron, yeah. And when I iron, I basically just turn it up on high. Oh yeah. Every ironing, you want everything top volume, maximum maximum height, maximum speed, maximum all the way. So down. everything, you just turn it all the way up. Yeah, it's very rare and that now, you wouldn't use a steam setting on a on a shirt. You know, a shirt begs for steam the same way a, a plant in the desert does. See that? Now, how come whenever I'm ironing, the water kind of spills out of the iron itself, not just the steam, but out of those little holes in the iron? That's a low quality iron. It's, but it's one of the pleasures. It's, it's a Costco. Yeah, I got co- it at Costco. Costco's a low quality company. No, it was a it's Costco iron from Germany. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, then, then you have been tricked, sir, because that is that is a def- that is a defect of the iron. That is not a defect in your style or your or your uh, your ability. Your so skills. it's not me. It's the iron. No, it's not you at all. Right, guys, <laughs> we got to pay a couple of bills, James. James, stay with us. We got to pay a couple of bills. James, I'm going to ask you a question, and then I'm going to have another question. Okay. First question: When was the last time you saw a quality dentist who was truly affordable? 
about about two weeks ago, actually, for a root canal. Okay. Did you go to Dr. Joseph Lichter, DDS? No, but he sounds terrific, and the guy I have just rejected me. He's okay. just taking new clients. Well, here we go. Joseph Lichter, DDS, has state-of-the-art dentistry at extremely reasonable prices, not like those Brooklyn Heights dentists. You want Invisalign? That's that braces behind your teeth? Yeah. It usually goes for five grand, James. He charges $1,000. That's, that's like 80% off. Is he giving back? What is it? A charity? Hold on, no. Porcelain veneers that are usually a thousand. You get them at Lichter for six seventy-five. Now it's practically charity. The Zoom whitening is only three ninety-five. You ever hear that price? Zoom, zoom whitening nine three ninety-five. You clean them up good. Anyway, so call those Dr. Joseph Lichter today at seven one eight three three nine seven eight seven eight to set up an appointment that will make you smile. That's seven one eight three three nine. 7878, that's Dr. Joseph Lichter at 1420 Avenue P in Midwood. Visit him online at josephlichterdds.com. Yeah, and after you uh, have your teeth cleaned, the best place to go after that with nice, clean, shiny new choppers is Atlas Steakhouse. Because Atlas Steakhouse offers you a unique dining experience. First, you choose your steak, and every steak there is aged to tender perfection on site. Then you pair it with a vintage from their extensive wine uh, selection. Or with an Atlas Steakhouse signature cocktail. Gersh, which one do you like? Oh, I love that Godfather. Oh, it's delicious. All right. Now, you can enjoy a succulent appetizer as their master chef crafts your choice cut as you desire. And when your main course arrives, you will understand why at Atlas Steakhouse, they always offer you a cut above the rest. Atlas Steakhouse at 943 Coney Island Avenue. You can visit them online all the time at atlassteak.com. I want to ask James a question. Go. James, first of all, where do you live? Green, uh, Greenpoint. Greenpoint, okay. You know, I was in Greenpoint the other day for a colonoscopy. Oh, really? Excellent. Great neighborhood for that. That's why it's called Greenpoint. <laughs> nice. Well, it didn't come out green, mm, I'll tell you no, that much. No. But, by the way, Vince, how old are you? I'm 45. So you're going to have... What's that? That you're was a bang, yeah. You're going to have... By the that's way, That's the not, sound of ironing. We're not experiencing technical difficulties. If you're listening at home, that's James Hook, who's ironing all our shirts, as part of a residency all of July at Pete's Candy Store on Lorimer Street in Williamsburg. But I was asking Vince, you're 45. You're not going to have your first colonoscopy. Tonight. I got five years. You got five years. Yeah. I got to tell you something. James, mm-hmm. how old are you? 46. Okay, so you got a couple of years. It is excruciating. I know I'm not the first person to wake up and die and said I had a colonoscopy, but you spend 24 hours on the can. Now, I've spent 24 hours on the can, but not for a colonoscopy, if you know what I mean, James. Yes. Now, is it the anticipation that's more painful or the actual procedure? No, the procedure's not painful at all. They give you propofil, which is Michael Jackson's favorite uh, sedative, but they have a trained physician who actually administers it. So you go, he said, count backwards from 100 by 7s, and I got to 96, and I didn't know what he was talking about, and I was out. I guess I should have started with 93, right? Right. Anyway, didn't feel the colonoscopy at all um, until after, if you know what I mean. And everything's great. And he told me, he told me I got no polyps. No polyps. Polyp-free. Polyp-free. Anyway, we got to get out. James, I want you to keep ironing when we have our next guest on. That's Andrew Dice Clay. Now, I, I go back with Dice, too, Vince. Yeah, you do. The Brooklyn paper discovered Dice, but we interviewed Dice about five, six years ago when he had oh. a sh- his new sh- one of his new shows or new album. He was doing a comeback tour or something. MCU Park. It's online. You the should, Cyclone Stadium, as they like to call it. You should listen to it if you haven't listened to it already. It is a classic. He is just cursing like like a sailor who is drunk and then run over, screaming at the driver who ran him over. That's basically That's what how happened. much cursing he did. We talked about eating ass. Do you remember? Yes, you did, yes. No, no, he did. No, you asked about it. I had to ask about it. How do you, you not got ask No, that? you basically said that he taught you how to do that. James, do you have a question for Dice that you're going to want to ask? Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to think about it. Like what he likes in a shirt? I mean, is that where you are? No, right? I'm, not, I'm more interested. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm more interested in his history, his personal history. How about like ironing history. leather? Do you, do you iron leather? No, you never iron leather. In fact, you, there's some things you draw the line at. There's some things you don't iron. Paper, though. A lot of, a lot of little kids will come home with something, drop it in, the, you know, dropped it in a puddle. And they mm-hmm. really yeah, like yeah, it. yeah, sure. And you can tell them, like, listen, son, listen, daughter, I can iron that for you and I can get it dry. So as long as it's not crayon on the yeah, paper, exactly. you're going to melt it all over it's the place. magic, the magic What's the, like, give us your... Ironing nightmare story. Like, what's the worst thing that ever happened to you? So, you know, so, some woman shows up with a pleated, a silk pleated skirt from 1925. Maybe it's Zelda Fitzgerald, so she's completely insane on top of that. And she's going to stand over you while you iron her pleated skirt. That, Wait, is, a, is, that she, is an ironing nightmare. Really? She's going to stand over me without the skirt? Yeah, she's going to stand there in her skivvies 
while you iron her pleated skirts, there's probably going to be a time clock ticking in the background. She's going to have you know all kinds of illusions about what you can accomplish with an iron that you're not going to be able to pull off. I think I trust you. I think if you I look at you as a handsome man, you could pull off anything with or without an iron. I could pull I mean. off a pleated skirt off a woman in iron. That's for sure. No question about. It. So how, is it a challenge? You're saying it's literally a challenge to to, to yeah. Iron. That's a it's a challenge of dullness. A pleated skirt is just like years upon years of your life being thrown down a hole of boredom. Tell me more about hmm. this woman. The woman Zelda Fitzgerald? You know, who, who would wear a pleated skirt unless they, you know, kind of have a sadistic edge to them at this point? I mean, they don't look that great unless you're spinning and twirling around. I never looked at it that way. Yeah, yeah. I disagree. I like a pleated skirt. Well, I mean, you like your dry cleaner doesn't like you for your love of a pleated skirt. I, I, don't, I don't even have a dry cleaner. I'm like, I'm an American. I don't have a doctor and I don't have a dry cleaner. Excellent. Because of this health care system. Thanks, that, oh, thanks that, Obama. That's <laughs> now, anyway, look, let's get back to this. Now, I had a question. Like, I come to your house. Is or are, like, your sheets... Like on the bed, oh. completely ironed. Is yeah. that because that's what I, that's all I asked my wife? I'm like, can I come home to a bed with iron sheets? Wait a minute, exactly. you iron your sheets? Yeah, that's yeah. right. And I want my towels ironed too. Quite frankly, I, Wait a towels I don't need to. But sleeping on iron sheets is one of the one of the uh, most uh, aristocratic things that uh, uh, an impoverished man can do. For what do you himself. do? You wake See? up every morning. It's and you easy, Gersh. You wake up every morning and you re-iron it. No, no, no. You just, when they come out of the laundry, you just give them a nice iron. Make sure they're nice and you know. Basically, one one day out of twenty five, you're gonna live like hey, a king. Uh, guys, James, Vinny's getting an important call on his cell phone, which may be Andrew Dice Clay right now. No, it wasn't Andrew. Andrew's, oh, weird. So Andrew's, Andrew's, calling from, uh, Andrew's calling from Vegas. i got to say, I am not going to iron my sheets, James. Why not? Because I don't like that. I, I don't want to go down that rat hole into a world where now i got to iron everything. i got to iron Vinny's towels. i got to iron my napkins. It's true that, you know... If what you want, we, what, where does this end? If you want to learn to love yourself a little bit more, I think you'll start with ironing your sheets. and then That's where it starts? That's where it starts. Yeah. What, what about looking in the mirror and saying, you know what, I'm a good parent? Why but, can't I do that, James? But think about looking in the mirror as you've wrapped yourself up toga-like in a beautifully ironed sheet that has no wrinkles in it. Aren't you going to think you're a little bit better looking in that but way? But not a better parent. Tell not me, how, parent, are you a parent? Are you a father? I'm a, good, I'm a father. So are you good? I'm a good dad. How yeah. do you do it? How do you do it? I iron most of my daughter's dresses. <laughs> I teach her to iron. How do I do? How am I a good parent? Well, that could be dice. We'll have that to ask could. him the same question. Pick it up. There we go. Two words: benign neglect. Nice. Hey, you're on the air. Hey, how you doing? It's dice. Oh, dice! How's He's on the going? air. It's oh, it's fantastic to hear your voice. <laughs> All right. Now, you know, Dice knows as well as I do, Laurie Subrockaway was the first one to write about you way back in 1979 for the Brooklyn paper. Do you remember that? Do I remember it? I got it in scrapbooks. She did a couple articles on me. She did, um, the first one was Travolta Lookalike, yep. moving to stardom from 16 Court Street. Nice. That was the headline. And the second one was uh, Andrew Clay Beyond Travolta, which was actually a great write-up because she, um, she really caught like what I was saying to her back then about where I wanted to go with everything. And, and at the end of that article, she writes, and, and I haven't looked at this in years, but I remember the last few lines were like, you know, I say, I say how big it's going to get, and then I say, and she writes, with no ifs, ands, or buts, I'm going to get there. Nice. So she couldn't have been more right. But, but Dice, yeah. we've always wondered this at the Brooklyn Paper, and I'm Gersh Kuntzman, I was the editor here, and I don't know the answer to this, but I do want to ask you, did you were you sleeping with Lori Sue? No. Come on. <laughs> you could have Not been. No Not shame. No shame. It, it, let me tell you something. I have no shame with anybody I've ever slept with. It's what I do. You know, and, you know, but no, never. All right, well, I'm, it's too bad, because I think you would have been good in the sack with her, am I right? Yeah, I'm good with everybody. I learned them. I maneuver. I do what I got to do with what I got. <laughs> you saying you don't have a lot? What? Well, what no, happened what to you? Is, Last time we what spoke what to you, it was I'm all about... With, with, whenever you're with a girl, every girl is different in uh. their likes and dislikes in the sack. So you got to learn the woman. They're, they're not as base as men. They're more complicated oh, Jesus. when it comes to sexual stuff. It sounds like you're becoming like a mature individual. I can't handle this dice. No, I was, I was like that. Let me tell you something. When I was 20, I was going with girls that were 40. Nice. So I would learn how to operate them. You know what I mean? I didn't want to go through life not knowing what feels right or wrong when you're banging into somebody like a freight train. That's okay. It. So give us your three 
all the stuff you've learned, because now I don't want to say it, but you're obviously over 50. What have you learned? Give me three practical tips that a guy like me, a guy like Vince, and you're also on the air with James Hook, who is ironing our shirts right now, long story short. <laughs> three tips. What'd you learn? Well, they're all crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, they're born crazy. And as they get older, they get crazier. Okay. You know, that's one thing. You know, so as far as women, never never try to figure out what they're, what they're thinking. You know, when a guy looks at his chick and goes, hey, I know what you're thinking, we're normally always wrong. Yeah, always wrong. Always wrong. You know, and don't ever forget, you know, the right things on the holidays. You know, the flowers on Valentine's Day with the chocolates. Um, you got to deliver or she ain't going to deliver. Interesting. Yeah, you got to charm them. You got to buy them coffee. I've been saying that for years. All right. And if you're not with someone you like, end it. Ah. A lot of guys go through their whole life married and miserable. That's how the the fucking uh, midlife crisis starts. Guy doing the same job since he's 22 years old. It's 40. He's married 18 years. He's going to bang somebody. It's just going to happen. It was kind of the opposite with me and my wife, because she kind of left me. Well, you know what? They pull that shit, too. I was yeah. happy about it. I was happy about it. You, how long were you married? 14 years. 14 years, yeah. That's the seven-year so, itch times, too. Yeah, she got the seven-year yeah, itch times, too. No, you know what it is? She let you walk the hook. Uh, yeah, well, she definitely did. There's no question about you, it. You know what I mean? Because when, when, they, uh, you know, when they feel like the grass is greener on the other side, it, it normally isn't once they leave. Yeah, and in my case, you know the ass I mean? is cleaner on the other side. Yeah, well, <laughs> I just thought I'd throw no, that in there. I'm, I'm just telling you, relationships are strange, man. Now let me you just—we got to pay a couple of bills here, Dice. Tell us what what you're promoting. You're coming to Coney Island. When is that show? Uh, I'm coming to the uh, Coney Island Amphitheater on July 30th. It's a new amphitheater in Coney Island. You know, since my new show, Dice. You know, and all the things I've been doing, the the shows are getting bigger and yeah. more exciting. The TV you know, show is fantastic. Wait, what, what network is it on again? That's on Showtime. Yeah, everyone is talking about this because it's like the two sides of dice. It's the old dice and the real dice. And, and it's yeah. tough to tell them apart sometimes. Well, well, because, you know, I, you know, I've tried to explain this to many interviewers. You know, I'm all of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? When they go, who's Andrew? Who's Dice? I'm all of it. Just because I got a nickname doesn't mean anything. Yeah. You own I'm it. All, but what, what I feel journalists are talking about is, you know, like when I'm on stage, like the stage act versus the everyday yeah. person. You know, and that's, that is hard for me to explain to anybody because how do you explain that shit? You know, all the comics in history weren't asked to explain their act over and over again. Right. You know, so... Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we use the line in my series where um, this guy says to me, well, why, if, if you're not like the guy on stage, why do you wear fingerless gloves? And <laughs> I, I said, that. we shared the same fucking closet. What am I going <laughs> to tell you? <laughs> you know, I've been wearing leather jackets since I'm 12 years old. It's just who I am. You know, I grew up in Brooklyn. It's who I am, you, you know. The, it's like people know, think, and, people don't realize creative people... Like you're a creative person, whether you're on stage or off, and there's like almost no line. You just you just are. Yeah, I mean the vulgarity is in you know how I walk around when I'm off stage. You know I'll use it like anybody uses it when you're pissed off, but you know on stage it's heavy duty. You know it's all colorful language on stage. You know that's what the act is, yeah. but. You know, and, and, you know, I do talk a lot about relationships and sex on stage. It's what I talk about, you know, but I blow it up into cartoon size to make people laugh at themselves. Now, Dice, just yeah. so you know what's going on here in the studio, we got James Hook. We mentioned him earlier. He literally is ironing our shirts, and he actually had a question for you. He's, he's doing an ironing residency at a bar in Brooklyn, which I think you'll get a kick out of. <laughs> yeah. James, James only, ask Dice only your question. In Brooklyn, only in Brooklyn well, they would have that. Yeah. My two questions. Dice, you wear a lot of leather. Now, is there anything you do to the leather to try and keep it looking great? Do you oil it? Do you, like, let it, Nothing. like, put it under a cow at night to let the cow yeah, sleep I, on I, it? I, I, 
I love when people, you know, when you buy leather, I've bought so many leather jackets. I haven't done a thing to any of my leathers since, let's say, you know, 84. Well, James, what do you think of that? Is that crazy? No, that's fantastic. It's fantastic. No, okay. You, you found something that you don't have to care for at all. That's the that's the key, yeah, key to a great relationship. All right, question. You don't have to do a thing to it. Question two from James. And I guess it's going to be clothing related. No, it's going to be ironing related. Dice, do you ever sleep in iron sheets? And if so, can you tell us what it feels like on, on naked skin to sleep in a freshly ironed sheet? Yeah, but slept on. Uh, you know, maybe they iron them in the hotel. Yeah. yeah. See, yeah. I'm with Dice on this. Dice, yeah. you don't iron your own sheets. No. No, who irons sheets? Yeah. You put them on the bed, they straighten out. That's all you do. They take yeah, care. It, it takes care of itself. You know, I, I gotta say, to I, think, I think you're. That's living. why they do something like tucking them in. Ah, that's yeah. what straightens it out. I gotta say, I think that you think that you are having a great experience when you sleep <laughs> on those sheets, but I think you're gonna be very surprised when you do iron the sheets to realize that you'd lived in the world without seeing the wow. sun and the moon. Yeah, he. The only, the only thing he does ironing sheets is make himself feel good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, no difference in the feeling. I know, yeah, and I don't think Dice is in bed for the sleeping, if you know what I mean, Dice, right? Well, then you, no, might, want no. to, you might want to do it for your for your partner. You no, no, he's doing something else for his partner. You, you, want, you want to know something? Go. The bed is where you sleep. Nice. All the other stuff can happen anywhere. That's true. Yeah, like on top you know of the dryer. Like, you know, let's say you got a little rug in your bathroom, you throw it on there for a few minutes. <laughs> a rug in the bathroom? You know, if you got, yeah. You Where's know, the toilet got, in all of this? Well, you know, I got a big bathroom. Okay. So that's, that's a little room. <laughs> okay, good. And you know, wait, did, say, you say, uh, did you say you throw her on there for a few minutes? Mm-hmm. So it's like cooking a stick. doing the dishes in the kitchen. Ah, she made a nice meal. You come up behind her, you give her a couple pumps, you throw her back at the dish. It's all about romance. It is about <laughs> it is. You know what I mean? Oh, All right. I got, a, I, got a per, I got a personal story for you here, Dice. A, a couple years back, 1990, Vanity Fair magazine, they did a story on you, and there was a photo shoot at uh, Mrs. Stahl's Knishes in, uh, in Brighton Beach. Oh, and, that was, uh, you know who that was? That was, and, and I'm like angry with her. That was Annie Leibowitz. It was Leibowitz. Yeah, and see, I went through so much controversy just to do my show to do my act that when she put out a book of everybody she photographed she didn't put me in the book hmm you know but i could tell she had a bad attitude even when she was hired and came to uh to take pictures of me all over brooklyn she didn't like me i could tell i don't like Hmm. that because even if she doesn't like you you're very photogenic dice you're very photogenic no, but, but why wouldn't you put those pictures in a book if it's part of your history? Well, you can't put everybody just, in there. If, no, no, but she did. Uh-huh. And if, if she didn't uh-huh. want to photograph me, she, shouldn't, she just shouldn't have photographed me for, the, for Vanity Fair. You know, now, you know who else was in that picture? That's, that's what i got to point out. You took shots with some police officers in the picture. One of the cops was my dad. Wow. And, I remember those pictures installed, right? Yep. Yeah. In Mrs. Stoll's. Wow, I have those pictures. Yeah, now I'm trying to get a copy of the magazine because my dad, the guy, when they took the pictures, they were supposed to send him some. They never did. And now he's asking me, hey, when you talk to Dice, see if you can get me those pictures because I want, I want, I want a copy of the magazine. Yeah, well, when I get through the 200 albums I have, <laughs> I find that you could have it. <laughs> well, I, I'm not making it the priority. Yeah, <laughs> it's a low priority. It's a low priority. That's yeah, not a problem, I, Dice. Yeah, no, it's okay. Yeah. So but that, I think that's so cool that your father's in one of those pictures. Yeah, he says he was staring at you as if you were a criminal, and they took the shot, and it ended up being in the magazine. And some guys brought him brought him copies of the magazine, but he he said no, they're going to send me the photos, and they never did. Unreal. Yeah, because Annie yeah. Leibovitz, she's got no class, and she went bankrupt, and and she defrauded everybody. Is that what happened? Yeah, it is. So oh. you you ended up yeah, laughing I, last. You know, I just look at it like when Annie did that, there was so much controversy surrounding me. She just jumped on the bandwagon of, I don't like dice. But obviously, I showed the whole world that wrong. I came back stronger than ever. Well, see, I always knew, even when you, you were very controversial in the early days, but I always knew it was, quote unquote, an act. Like, I knew you weren't an asshole. Everybody knew you weren't an asshole. Right? But but the media had more fun writing than I am. Yeah. yeah. I did over, uh, you know, we did over 12 million people, 300 arena shows. It was crazy. 
but, know, the, but then the media the, the media gets some credit for obviously identifying yeah. you and seeing your talent. No, they, no, they were they weren't right. The you know even you know the Vanity Fair piece is interesting because I I let that writer hang with me, this female writer, for three days. She would hang out with me and and you know I wasn't married yet, but it's you know the the mother of my children. Mm-hmm. Okay, I was with her for a long time, so she hung with us. And I was very normal with her, like during the day and doing whatever I would be doing and speaking to her the right way and just, you know. But when the article came out, all she really did was write about the act, you know. So it's like, why'd you take the time to hang if you really didn't want to get to know who I was? I want to ask you a question about who I want to ask you a question about who you are, because I know you're you're a father. Yeah. And a periodic topic on our show, and not because I keep bringing it up every week, is what a bad father I am. So how do you, are you a good father? Um, people say uh, I'm one of the best. <laughs> there you go. Oh, well, there the you go. So then how do you do it? Because I can't well, handle well, it. I'm so well, bad. Well, well, the thing is, you know, when, when I did go through the divorce with my kid's mom, you know, I, you know but the career wasn't in that bad of a shape. I mean, I wasn't doing arenas anymore, but, you know, I could still do like 3,000 seaters, 2,000 seaters which for another comic is superstardom. Yeah. But when, when I started doing those, it was like, this guy's over. You know, where it would be the peak mm-hmm. for any comic coming up through the ranks. But because I was doing 20,000 seats a night around the country, uh, he's over. Mm-hmm. But I didn't really care about the career when I went through the divorce. It was more about bringing up my sons and being there for them. You know, and and I was. That's it. I I love to this day. You know, well, you know that my, you know, they're the best guys I know. I mean, with how old are your boys now, guys? Like twenty one and twenty five, and um, they actually have the band Still Rebel, mm-hmm. and they just got booked to open Ozfest. Nice wow. final Ozfest with Black Sabbath ever. So. You know, I'm going through a lot with them because uh, Sharon Osbourne called me, said they got to open the show. You know, mm-hmm. she's, you know. Uh, I, I hear she's single, by the way, like, guys. Yeah, well, you know, she's going through whatever. I didn't talk to her about that. She just, you know, got in touch with me about this. And, you know, so it's, a, you know, but, but I feel a lot of what they're doing is because I was there to encourage them, nurture them, mm-hmm. be with them talk to them they know they could come to me with any problem from you know whatever it might be it could be sexual it could be uh you know about that band it could be about anything we spend all the time together i I wish i was that good at that that's what it's about i know but it's hard to do it dice it's hard well what's your problem because i got a career I, I can't put things on hold. I'm producing Murder at the Food Co-op at the Fringe Festival. I got a guy ironing my shirts. I'm doing a radio show. Where, where is it? What? Where? No, but, but how? Number one, how old are they now? How many you got? Four, I don't know Fourteen and eight. Fourteen and eight. Okay. It's so tough. Boys, girls. Girl, the girl's the older one. Okay. So the eight-year-old's the boy. So what's the problem? You know, they just need me too much. Okay, they love me. I, I think you're fucking with me. No, no I'm not. I'm he, totally he not. He talks you know. about it every week, guys. Every, every week, week guys. he talks well, about how he's let, a bad father. Let me tell you something. If you don't put in the time, yeah. like the way I put it is like, you know, let's say I wasn't having, you know, any career problems, okay, when I went through divorce. Let's say I just went movie to movie to movie, you know, and I wasn't really there, you know, at, at their ages now, they won't even look at me. Yeah, I know. I think they were like, where were you when we were kids? Mm-hmm. You know, wow. when we really needed to talk to you about shit. Right. You're cutting through yeah. me like a knife right now. My biggest, no. my biggest problem with the kid is obviously the common core. And then making that decision, all right, we're going to go see Dice at, in Coney Island. Can I bring my nine-year-old? Dice, what would you do in this situation? You bring your nine-year-old to your show? Yes or no? Uh, no. Oh, there you go. There you go. Answer, very yeah, plain and simple. They're not going to understand it. See, my kids grew up into it, yeah. so I slowly had to break them in like, at the ages you're talking about, they were allowed to be, like, you know, backstage. If they wanted to come out and see the nursery rhymes, I didn't care about that. But I would tell them if the language gets too hardcore, you just go back to the dressing room. And because they knew I would never lie to them, they would listen to me. Yeah. Same. All right, I got one for you. 
even with the internet when they were growing up, I scared the fuck out of them about the sexual stuff on the internet. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and they would stay away from it. All right, Hickory Dickory Doc, I have some bad news for you, uh, Dice. I have to go. I'm going to see the Paul Simon concert. I'm running out. Give You're me... going to like the show. Well, you, like, you like Simon? Yeah. All right. Well, I'm leaving you with James Hooks, <laughs> who's still ironing, and Vince DiMaselli Dice. You're what time's the show? The show starts I at 7 o'clock? I gotta go. Legend. Gersh Kunzman, out of here. All right, Gersh. Yeah, is all right, take care. All right, he said take care, Gersh. All right, you're the best, Dice. <laughs> <laughs> I lost my microphone. Can you hear me? I don't know. I hear him in the background. Uh, he's leaving, but can you hear me? Turn me up. There we go. All right, we're back there with Dice. Go. Gersh is out the door. And the guy that was having a problem with his kids. Yeah, that was the guy who was having a problem. You're on now with Vince. He better, he better, he better straighten up this guy. Yeah. All right. So, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Well, we he, you know, he's got issues, and uh, clearly the, the fact that he just walked out in the middle of the interview is is one of them. But I wanted to bring up, <laughs> <laughs> I got to bring up something to you that I think we talked about last time, but and it's finally getting some props i always the only comedy album that i have on my iphone is the day the laughter died it's the only it's a lot of people's favorite and at the time i know it sold well but i remember talking to my friends about it and they were like eh, it stinks it's horrible they didn't get it they didn't like it but i used to listen to it over and over and over again when i was delivering chinese food on staten island yeah, and that album you, you got stupid friends but yeah. That, that album only didn't sell bigger than every album. It's the most loved of all my albums because it was just off the cuff. Yeah. You know, and I was doing the arena shows, but I wanted to do something that I would call like the ultimate like late night set. Mm -hmm. You know, going into an unsuspecting crowd, which I did at Dangerfields Club in Manhattan. Yep. You know, and... You know, and, and just stay up there for hours. That's why it's a double CD. It, yeah, it, go, it goes on and on and on. And I remember having the tapes. I used to have two tapes yeah. in my car, and I, I go from one to the other. And nowadays, it's getting. It's certainly getting. I think Louis C.K. came out and was was singing its praises and stuff like that. I, I just think that it's a it's a really good album, and I think that a lot of people don't listen to it. But I'll listen to it at least once a year, twice a year, and I get something new but, out of it every time. But you can't look. You can't say people don't listen to it when it's the favorite. That's what I'm telling you. I don't know who your friends are, but wherever I get stopped across the country, it winds up a conversation about the day to laugh to die. Yeah. That's why we even did the sequel, part two. Yeah. You know, because people just, they just love it. And I don't even know why, because I've listened to it, you know, and I'm going, this is the craziest album I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> There's no people. People walk out, which to me is hysterical. Yeah. You know, because the night after doing that, or a couple nights after doing that, I'm in front of 20,000 people again. Right. So it, it was a crazy uh, idea that me and Rick Rubin had, because Rick Rubin would always say that I'm the end of comedy. You know, there's nowhere else to go. Mm -hmm. You know, and, you know, uh, my career also took off at the end of the whole giant comedy boom of the 80s and went bigger than anybody all the way up to this day. Nobody's ever, you know, touched my record as far as arenas. I mean, Louis C.K. has done a couple arenas. He's done The Garden. He's done the L.A. Forum. But he, he didn't make it like an arena tour. Um, Kevin Hart's done a couple arenas. Uh, and, and that's about it to really fill arenas, you know. Mm -hmm. So Louis legitimately did it, you know. And, and I'm plus I'm friends with the guy. I think he's phenomenal. Yeah. Well, I... You I, know, and he's the guy that really stuck it out. You know, he didn't take off after 10 years. He took it off at, like, after, like, 20-something years. And I remember when they canceled his... This, you know how we became friends? How's that? Uh, before he was the Louis that everybody knows on FX, mm -hmm. uh, the same show that was, a, you know, he did the same basis of the show for HBO and, and they canceled the show. Yeah. I remember and I, was that. A, I was in the parking lot of the comedy store in LA and my girlfriend at the time, Eleanor Kerrigan, who, who's one of the best female standups in the country today. She'll actually be with me at the amphitheater in Brooklyn. Okay. from Philly. But she was a waitress 
at the comedy store at the time. And she goes, uh, why don't you go over and introduce yourself to Louis C.K.? I know he's a big fan of yours. And he's really down about the show getting canceled. Mm -hmm. So I, I pulled him out of that trench because he was really, like, he was, he upset. was devastated yeah. from that. You know, and we had a long talk and became buddies that night. And, you know, he did a couple concerts with me after that. And then he got his show on FX, and the rest became his. Oh, you were like Louis C.K.'s guardian angel. Well, he was also going through the divorce at the time, so it was like getting kicked in each ball a couple times. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But great guy, great comic, great writer, you know, love him. All right. So, listen, we're going to have to get out. I know you got to go. Now, you're out in Vegas now, but you're coming into Brooklyn on June, uh, on July 30th. You're going to be at the, uh, at the new amphitheater there. You're going to be, I believe you're going to be at the Count Basie out in Jersey, too? Yes. Right. Uh, uh, Count, wait, no, Red Bank? Is that Count Yeah, that's Basie? a Count Basie. That's a Red Bank, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm coming there, too. Uh, let me just, what, do you know the date of that? That Count? one, I don't know the date. I just know because my brother and all his buddies are going down to that one. What is that? <laughs> I can look I it up. Even, that's how smart I am. I don't <laughs> even know my own schedule. It's on. Uh, oh, okay. It's the twenty fifth of August. So you're coming? Think, yeah, that's on sale too now. I think. Yeah, that's on sale too. Now, when was the last? When was the last time you were back in Brooklyn? By the way, uh, not for. I, I came back there after I did Entourage and I did the Cyclone Stadium. Yeah, MCU. Yeah. So that was the last time you were here. That was a few years that, ago. That was the last time. That's like three or four years ago. And so this new amphitheater is exciting, you know. At least, and that night was nuts because it was raining. Mm -hmm. The winds were unbelievable from the ocean. I didn't think anybody was going to show up. <laughs> I didn't want to show up that night. It was fucking uh, like 38 degrees. Mm -hmm. And I'm going, all right, let's do it. And then the place started filling up. It was unreal. Yeah, yeah, but that's what I love about Brooklyn. It is my hometown, and it's the only yeah. place. It's the only place where you can come and get your shirt ironed while you have a couple drinks in Williamsburg. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, those areas. From what I, I haven't been like to Williamsburg, but I hear it's incredible. Oh, it's completely yeah. changed. And I've been working here twenty years, and the uh, amount of change. That's, and I grew up here, but the amount of change that's happened are, in the last 20 years is just unbelievable. Are, are you doing the show from uh, where are you? Now? We're down in Metro Tech, which is. Basically, I can see 16 court from where I'm sitting right now. I look out the wow. window. I could see I could see 16 court. I could see uh, 26 court, and I could see the wow. old, you know the post office and stuff like that. That's uh, that's down here. But uh, you, uh, I spent so many years down there. Even when my career took off, we had an office in uh, what's next to 16. It's 26 and 16. 26 court is uh, on Remsen Street, and 16 court is on uh, is yeah, on, it's on the end of the block. 16 yeah. Is First, then, uh, okay. Yeah, there's the so two. we had our offices in 26. You yes. Know, you, it was, you were it in... would be, like, crazy for me when I'd come there. Because, you know, I used to work for my father with a process-serving agency. Mm -hmm. You know, I'd walk around and get the summonses from all the attorneys. And then I'd come back, you know, because we had our production office in 26. And it was hard for me to get into the building because it, it was, like, nuts for me. It was doing Dice Mania. Uh-huh. So it was like crazy for me to even be down there. Yeah. You know, people would be not coming up to the office. It was nuts, but it was fun. Yeah. Well, I'm we, looking forward to coming back and hanging a little. Yeah, you should You should get out there. You should get around. And you should check out the borough because it really has changed. And it's just, you know, lots. Lot, it's a lot different than uh, than where uh, you grew up and where, even where I grew up uh, about 10 years later. So. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an amazing. But Brooklyn's always been amazing. You know what I mean? Like, yep. uh, uh, I just listened to the song of, uh, uh, babe, what's the name of that company? Brooklyn what? Brooklyn in my bones. Yeah, it's like a t-shirt company, you know. Mm -hmm. And the guy did this video. People should watch it. It's called Brooklyn in my bones. It's on the, it's I on might even have him do, uh, do the merch for uh, the amphitheater. This guy's a t-shirt maker? Yeah, but it, it, there's a whole music video of him singing this Brooklyn in my bones, and it's a million pictures of Brooklyn. You know, a guy came up it, to it's me. It's pretty cool to say. Mm -hmm. A guy came up to me yesterday. He said, "If you want to make money, you go into T-shirts. That's the new place where you can make a million bucks." <laughs> it is. I believe it. All yeah. right. 
Listen, at the uh, at the end of our interviews, we always uh, open it up to you. Is there any other thing you want to talk about? Is there anything you want to uh, you want I'm to promote? Glad, I'm glad to be on with the original newspaper that wrote me up. <laughs> well, we're glad. To, we're really glad to have you on. It's a. It's a. It, I can't believe we're in the days of podcasts. You know. <laughs> you know. We, we've come pretty far. We've come pretty far. The, the paper's been has uh, has done pretty well through all the years. And uh, do you still have those articles? Uh, if you go I on, you have that on file. If you go online right now, we have a we actually have a clip of the original article that you could look at. If you go to the homepage to brooklynpaper.com right now, you could take a look at it. There's a picture of you and Lori Subrakaway, and when you click on the story, you can see the original she article. A, she came to see me a few years ago in Jersey with her husband. She's the Reverend Lori Sue now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you do. So you do talk to her. Well, no, we we had a 30th anniversary issue uh, a few years back, or 35th anniversary issue a few years back, and uh, we were in touch back then. I've been an editor and reporter here since '96, so yeah, I've I've been in contact with a lot of the people that have worked here through the years. Yeah, so. no, she was great, and the owner, um, what was his name? The original owner, Ed, Wein- like a, Ed, Ed Weintraub. Yeah, had the little goatee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good guy. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Oh, I think we lost him. We lost Ice. Is he still there? I think we lost him. Oh man. Well, yes, Dice. Dice is gone, but Dice will be here, uh, back in Brooklyn, on July thirtieth. Oh, he's calling back. Look at this. No, I didn't know what happened. Oh, there he is. Yeah, we got disconnected yeah. somehow. Yeah, just uh, my phone just went 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 off. A little kaplooey. Yeah, a- right. anything happens in Vegas. <laughs> you know so, what I mean? That's where I am now. Are you doing a re- yeah. are you doing a residence there? What are you What are you doing out in Vegas? Yeah, I, I know we got to go. <laughs> no, it's okay. Uh, I'm I'm at the uh, Tropicana. I'm doing a residency there. Okay. You know, but I look forward to coming in. I'll let you guys go, and uh, it's been fun talking. to you. All right, Dice. It's great to have you on. Uh, best of luck to you. We look forward to seeing you on the uh, at the end of July. Okay. You got it. Take, Take care, care, man. Bye bye. There he is, Andrew Dice Clay. Wow. Thank you, Jimmy. All right, listen, we got to pay some bills, so let's get some music going. And we got to talk about a couple other things. But listen, when was the last time you saw a quality dentist who was truly affordable? If your answer is it's been too long to remember, then it's time to see Dr. Joseph Lichter. Dr. Lichter's state-of-the-art dentistry is offered at extremely reasonable prices so that almost anyone can afford to get the smile that they deserve. And right now, his prices are even more affordable because listeners of Brooklyn Paper Radio, that's this very show you're listening to, can get special low prices for some of Dr. Lichter's most popular procedures. Invisalign, the virtually invisible alternative to metal braces, usually $5,000 or more. At Dr. Joseph Lichter, we're looking at 1000 bucks. Porcelain veneers, which can go for 1000 or more. Dr. Joseph Lichter, 675 And get the bright white smile you've always dreamed of, because for a limited time, Dr. Lichter is offering the Zoom teeth whitening procedure for only $395. So call Dr. Lichter's office today at 718-339-7878 to set up an appointment that will make you smile. That's 718 718- 339-7878. Dr. Lichter is located at 1420 Avenue P between East 14th and East 15th Streets of Midwood. And you can visit him online at josephlichterdds.com. And of course, after you uh, have your teeth all cleaned up and ready to go, you can head over to Atlas Steakhouse because Atlas Steakhouse offers a selection of premium cuts aged on site for a perfect texture and taste. Atlas Steakhouse has an extensive list of vintage wines. It has expertly mixed classic and signature cocktails. And it's got signature appetizers guaranteed to stimulate your palate. At Atlas Steakhouse, your choice cuts sake, crafted to a culinary masterpiece just for you. And delightful desserts, each sweeter than the last. Atlas Steakhouse is a completely unique dining experience. Atlas Steakhouse, 943 Coney Island Avenue, and online at all times at atlasteak.com. Right, we got a couple minutes left. Uh, Dice was great. What'd you think, Johnny? Yeah, he was great. I don't think he ever said whores, right? No, he never, never, never used any. Um, well, he did use some language that was a tinge <laughs> off color, but we got through it, and I, I didn't have to curse. Pretty good. Yeah, James, how's that shirt coming? 
I've got five done so far. So uh, you know, these are, these shirts pretty much iron themselves. I'll be honest. Five very, shirts very in high quality shirts here. Five shirts and well, I thank my wife for that. She's the one purchasing the shirts. I got nothing to do with that. Does she iron for you? Uh, no, she is not an ironer. Hence the pile of shirts that are here. So you now, what do you do usually if this is the case? Do you just let them go, or you you know? No, them? I will only iron a shirt when I need to wear it. So okay. it's like in the morning, I got to get up. I got to get up a little extra early. Some people go to the gym. I iron a shirt. Now, do you find it pleasurable, or is it just... No, I do not find it pleasurable. I just want to get it done as quickly as possible, get in the car, and uh, and get to work. So what I've discovered is that I don't find it pleasurable either, but I've learned to love it uh, because there's no way I'm ever going to actually enjoy it, so I just have to transcend it and learn to love it. You're never going to get through life without ironing your shirts. Well, how how did this become a thing for you? Uh, you know, I, I actually bought a whole bunch of T-shirts or a whole bunch of collared shirts one time in Indonesia, and it's very hard to get those shirts. Wait, in this was some sort of deal? Like you were trying to, you were going to yeah, buy yeah, those like, shirts, buy all the shirts, take them to America, and then and then I realized I'm going to have to take really good care of these because I'm not likely to go back and replace them anytime soon. Uh-huh. So I started ironing them, and I just realized that. Uh, you know, this was a bit of a calling. So. Did you ultimately sell those shirts? No, I still have them. And you many should... of them, I iron them weekly. I iron them every time you I... You just uh, take them out and iron them. Take them out and iron them. And that's that's what that's what brought this about. Yeah. And then just realizing, now, here's, I'm holding a shirt of yours. Yes. This is what's called, a, you know, a wrinkle-free T-shirt. Right. And, uh, you know... Can you iron a wrinkle-free? Is that iron. allowed? I mean, it's sort of like it's sort of like Coles to Newcastle. I mean, it's not a very uh, healthy way to spend your time because it's not going to do a whole lot of good. But uh, you could do that. You wouldn't do a whole lot. All right, let's skip I'm, that one. I'm not going to do this. Yeah, let's nice skip it. You've got to get the pants. I know, the pants. My time is more valuable than that. Oh, yeah, these mm-hmm. pants are a wreck. Look at these. You know, they're brand new. They're they, brand they still new. Have the, they still have the, uh, all the... So now, why are you buying brand new pants with a wrinkle? That's a bad sign. You know, no, you I'm guessing that we right. bought them, I threw them in the drawer, and they got ah, wrinkled in the drawer okay, because gotcha. there's, I don't know, whatever happens in the middle and of the night in those These drawers. are seersuckers, so you're, you're going on a beach vacation soon. Yeah, I'm headed to Cape Cod right after the show. Fantastic. Well, these will be nice taking the Amtrak, for you. Taking the Amtrak tomorrow, and I would like to wear those. What do you think? I think I'm going to be able to. I'm going to be able to give them to you as smooth as I could possibly get them. Well, By the way, I don't pretend that I'm a professional. I mean, I, I'd call myself a journey level, a journeyman level ironer. I'm hoping that I'm going to get better over the course of this month. That's all. I'm only reason I'm doing it. Well, listen, I I'm as, I I can't thank you anymore because I really need to get these shirts ironed. And now I'm going to bring them home, put them in the closet, and they'll be fine. And I can sleep an extra 15 minutes, so I don't have to worry about ironing my shirts next time i got to wear a nice one to work. Exactly. Well, I thank you guys for giving me this opportunity. I mean, one of the things about ironing is, you know, you can't make it up. I think you can't, you can't just buy things and iron them for fun. It has to be a real commerce. It's like making love. You know, it has to be undertaken with another person whose clothing you're ironing if it's going to really mean something. I so. feel like I'm still talking to Dice. Yeah, it's true. I'm, I, we're very similar people. We're both from Brooklyn. I think it ends about there, though. <laughs> All right. Listen, we got to go. We're going we're gonna to wrap it up. Johnny, can you play me out? Play you out. Let's do it. Uh, next week, we will be on vacation. Uh, I will be up in Cape Cod, as stated before. Gersh will be away. We'll, we'll see you on two week, in two weeks on Brooklyn Paper Radio, with possibly without Gersh. We'll be working on Murder at the Food God. All right. Take it easy. And keep hustling, Brooklyn.